Beautiful souls. I'm Reverend Carla. Welcome to Spirituality Matters, a podcast that focuses on the intersection of spirituality and humanity. Now let's settle in and find that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are. And let us be reminded that the Holy transcends our physical bodies and our time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, so let's get started. Today's episode is entitled Authentic Gratitude. 10 Ways for Gratitude to Meet Us Right Where We Are. Now, this podcast is inspired by my blog post for this week that you can find at RevCarla.com. Okay, I just want to start right at the offset because you are probably like I am and maybe perhaps a little triggered by a few concepts depending on your Christian indoctrination because the teachings around forgiveness and gratitude and love were so contorted and weaponized that anytime we talk about these things, you might feel a pull of dread to think that I'm going to walk you down some kind of path that's going to feel more oppressive than liberating. So first of all, remember where you're here, who you're here with, why you're here, and that we create a safe and sacred space. That doesn't mean that we don't work on accountability. That doesn't mean that we don't work on things that can make sure that we're returning to our world a better version of ourselves. But this is not about continuing the toxicity that we had and we had experienced inside these indoctrinated teachings. It's liberating ourselves from it. So I'm going to I promise you that if you stay here, we're going to find wisdom that's going to help you on your spiritual journey and help you reclaim your spirituality, live with spiritual empowerment, and just help you heal from some of the religious trauma or familial trauma that you may have experienced. Okay, so having said all that, let's acknowledge what patriarchal indoctrination um, did to this concept of gratitude to maintain control and power, because we know that's exactly what happened. It imposed this idea that individuals should be grateful for their circumstances, even when those cir- circumstances were unjust or harmful. It didn't matter if you were being abused. You should be grateful for a father who provided a roof over your head. It didn't matter if your mother was verbally abusive. You should be grateful that she gave you the genes that you asked for and so on and so on. And I know that if any of this is triggering, take your time as we walk through this discussion. But the abuse of gratitude, the abuse of gratitude can silence dissent and perpetuate oppressive systems by discouraging critical thinking and the questioning of authority. So in other words, I'm not going to be obligated or feel any sense of obligation to express gratitude for something that you're doing for me when you have harmed me. So people may be coerced into expressing gratitude as a means of emotional manipulation, guilt, or gaslighting, and this invalidates or dismisses legitimate grievances and concerns, preventing individuals from seeking change or justice or demanding accountability. So this forced gratitude can create a sense of obligation and indebtedness, making it difficult for individuals to assert their needs and boundaries. It can also contribute to the normalization of abuse and perpetuate this cycle of violence within families and your spiritual or religious communities. But genuine gratitude 
arises from a place of personal agency and authentic experiences rather than being forced or imposed by external pressures. So let's say that again. Genuine gratitude arises from a place of personal agency. In other words, you have control over your decisions and your responses and authentic experiences rather than being forced or imposed by external pressures. Challenging and questioning the abuse of gratitude is essential for fostering this individual autonomy that we need, especially for those of us on a deconstructing journey. So what does that look like? What does coerced, forced gratitude look like? Some of this may resonate with you as, as one of your experiences. If you, if you experience this in high controlled uh, religion, which is often entrenched in this patriarchal indoctrination, or even in your familial, your educational systems. So what does that look like? For instance, women being taught to be grateful for the protection and provision provided by men which perpetuates these gender roles and reinforces this male dominance. So in other words, oh, I'm so sorry he abuses you, but aren't you lucky that you have a man in your life who takes care of those things and protects you? Mm -hmm. You know someone or you are that person who has had those words said to you. Children being expected to express gratitude for these authoritarian parenting styles, which really suppress their individuality. Nothing, they don't choose their clothes. They don't choose their friends. They don't choose their decor in their room. They choose nothing. They're given no personal agency over their body. Religious teachings that promote gratitude for one's assigned gender role. This, of course, discourages exploration or questioning of traditional gender norms. This is also very intentional when you hear the sermons about thanking God for women taking care of men. This is all part of that passive conversion therapy, indoctrinated beliefs that happen from the pulpit. Uh, Victims of abuse or mistreatment being pressured to be grateful for the mere absence of future harm. So in other words, oh, aren't you lucky Yes, that happened to you, but aren't you lucky that it's not happening now? Can you just let it go? Can you just forgive and forget? You don't have to expect any kind of accountability from them. Just let it go. People from marginalized communities being told to be grateful for any opportunities or progress made, minimizing systemic oppression and a hindering collective action for change. I see this all the time. White people, please. Please seek counsel before you post a video explaining how the historically oppressed should think, feel, or believe about a situation. No one wants to hear our opinions. We don't have the right. The white savior complex needs to be decolonized from our essence. Never don't hit post. Ask someone's opinion. Educational systems promoting gratitude for conformity and compliance rather than fostering critical thinking and challenging oppressive structures. So just go along with the flow. Don't question anything and don't you be rude asking your questions. The expectation for individuals to express gratitude for their socioeconomic status, silencing their aspirations for social mobility and economic justice. So in other words, aren't just you've got an apartment. Why aren't you grateful? Why do you need a house? You look what you've got. Why do you need more? 
Who cares if there's five of you sleeping in a two bedroom? You, you're going to have to work harder to get it. Just be grateful for what you have. Mm -hmm. LGBTQ plus individuals being coerced into being, to be grateful for small gestures of acceptance while systemic discrimination and violence persist. In other words, there's a theme here of how we do that from any historically oppressed group. People with disabilities being encouraged to be grateful for basic accommodations rather than demanding equal access. So see, look what I did for you. I created this ramp. I don't have to do that. Yeah, you do. Even if the ADA doesn't part of what you have to be compliance because of the size of your organization. Yeah, you do. It's just a kind, humane gesture. Survivors of trauma being told to be grateful for the lessons learned or the strength gained disregarding their right to heal on their own terms and seek justice if that's what they want to do. And us being able to hold that space and allowing them to have the decisions that they need to make based on their experience, not our interpretation of what they experienced. So I, this is all a precursor, 10 minutes into this podcast, this is all a precursor to help you understand that I absolutely absolutely understand that the concept of gratitude has been weaponized and it has in some, especially for those of you who follow me, it has been used against you in some way, shape or form. And I absolutely acknowledge that. But when we revisit it and we reclaim that concept for what it really is, then we know we are on a healing journey. And that's what this blog and podcast is about. So let's dive in to what I wrote. I started this blog with the quote, in all things give thanks. So these words are found in the Apostle Paul's closing uh, to his to the people of Thessalonica. Thessalonica, there it goes. <laughs> um, in the book of Thessalonians. So you know that he, sometimes he wrote in very broad language. And this is one of those things, in all things give thanks that can easily be weaponized. And no doubt it has been in some way, but how can we reclaim it? So let's keep going. And you've seen this phrase and it's been commercialized for so many years, but I've often wondered, including myself, when I was a single mom working three jobs, it would be very hard for me to give thanks. And how does someone else hearing that who's trying to figure out how to give thanks when they can barely have enough food on the table, or they don't know, they wake up each morning wondering how they're going to pay the rent, or they go to sleep every night how, wondering how they're going to buy groceries. So it's important to understand that this, in all things give thanks, is actually part of a collection of verses that begin in 1 Thessalonians 5 in verse 12. But we appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to respect those who labor among you and have charge of you in the Lord and admonish you, esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among, peace among yourselves. And we urge you, beloved, to admonish the idlers, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all of them. See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good on to one another and to all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise the words of the prophet, but test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. This is more like a blessing 
a mantra. And when you put it in that context, you can see that Paul was actually acknowledging the hardships of life. So how can you and, and acknowledge that these are hard things, but how can we find gratitude in those? In other words, don't become so overwhelmed that you don't see light at the end of the tunnel. These were words of encouragement. So they sit somewhere between a blessing and a reminder that faith extends beyond outward displays of worship, uh, of worship and of service. So this is reminiscent. What I think about here is that this reminded me of the Proverbs 31 woman, which if you've never read, you might want to go do that because it's describing the perfect woman that is absolutely unattainable, but it's not supposed to be, even though it is implied that women are supposed to give of themselves so self selflessly and sacrificially that you're aspiring to be that person. Don't tell me you haven't heard sermons about that as well. So, but that's not what Paul is doing here. Paul is giving words of encouragement rather than saying this is an unattainable level where I'm saying, oh, I don't, I don't care what you're struggling and all things give thanks. No, he's saying, I understand under the weight of this world, it's hard. Take one more breath. Hold the space just a little bit longer. Hold the tension in the line of your life just a little bit longer. It's going to be worth it. Now, some Christians often reject the notion that our ancient scripture aligns with teachings offered in other world religions, but this one absolutely does. Because when you view this through this lens of a state of mind, that gratitude becomes something that can empower us, which is a common framework of, of a lot of different teachings in, in world religions and spiritualities, Paul's writing here, actually closing here, actually becomes something of a meta. And a meta is something that is you you offer kindness to oneself through the words or, and, or a mantra. And a mantra is something where you repeat it to invoke feelings of calm and, a, and encourage a state of presence. Now, these originated in Hinduism and Buddhism, but the words found in a metta are intentionally designed to elevate the mind above the suffocating details of one's life to be reminded that comfort can still be found by willingly moving toward the safe and sacred space of the holy. So where he says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. And he starts that with, with but we appeal to you to respect those who labor among you. We can change that into a meta. May I be safe. May I be healthy. May I be happy. May I live with ease. Gratitude then is for yours to claim, to become a comforter, to come into the crevices of where the pain is, but where the light is still getting into your soul and your heart, dear one. And, so then, and then a mantra acts as a gateway to finding a peace of mind when the world offers no, nothing of the sort. So what if we turn this into a, a mantra, love the life you have, nothing lasts forever. No one can take your joy. Love the life you have, nothing lasts forever. The words contained in a metta or a mantra do not change the circumstance, circumstances of the individual saying them. They will still be required to go to work and pay the bills. But when said with the intention to find connection with your soul to the holy, the holy arrives to remind us humans that indeed nothing lasts forever. So a person on their way to their second job, sitting at the stoplight and gazing upon the words in all things give thanks might want to inwardly groan, and that's acceptable. But what if we reimagine the words of Paul so that they become our prayer 
or our mantra or our meta, our meta? What if they sounded like this? The work I do has value. May I be at peace with those around me. May no evil surround me. May I be joyful. May I be thankful for in this moment, I am breathing and alive. Spirit is alive in me. May I hold fast to what is good. May I only move towards thought and action that serve my highest good. When we invite gratitude to meet us where we are, gratitude then becomes much more than a words placed on a coffee cup reminding us to be thankful. Gratitude is a state of mind, a pause of breath, a place where the holy meets us right where we are in our exhaustion, our fear, our successes, our failures, our joys, and our sorrows. So in the blog, I offer 10 ways for gratitude to meet you right where you are. And these are simple, but sometimes when we're ready to hear them, we can find the wisdom in them. And the first one is just embracing the gift of life because each breath we take is a reminder that we are indeed alive. The second one is cherish simple pleasures. See how easy these are. We try to make things more complicated than they are because of our indoctrinations. When these concepts are so simple that they can actually become a healing bomb for the soul. So cherish simple pleasures amidst all these life's complexities. Seek solace in the simplest of joys. Appreciate nature's majesty. A walk in nature will do wonders for you. Watching the bird feeder can be so relax relaxing and nur nurture relationships. And this has come up several times in, in several of my blogs. I want to remind you that we are being invited into a time where relationships may not be people in your physical proximity. Reimagine how you can find your safe and sacred circle in virtual communities. Seek lessons in challenges. And that might be hard, especially if you've been going through them for a while, a long time. But this is where wise counsel can help us see that we are actually making progress in our lives. And having those people to, to, to offer words of encouragement and comfort can help us. Find beauty and diversity. So, re so finding things that can thrill the mind and create a space of creativity for you can do such a wonder for calming your heart, mind, and soul. Cultivate a, grat a grateful mindset. So this means just learning how to turn when we turn those negative thoughts and we turn towards them because all of a sudden they feel comfortable and we want to justify our frustrations and our anger. Can we turn those in? To something else. It might not always work, but can we at least try? Practice self-compassion. We should be our biggest advocate for the love that we deserve and the care that we deserve and the gentleness that we deserve. And then of course, pay it forward. Whatever this does with this ripple effect and how it helps us to remind us how we're all interconnected but there is something about passing it on and the remarkable impact it can have on our mental and emotional and spiritual well-being. And then if it feels right, I always invite you to create some kind of journal or some kind of attitude or gratitude daily where you can go back and look at how things have actually changed. Because finding gratitude does not mean denying pain or dismissing struggles. It is a gentle reminder that amidst the chaos, there is always something to be grateful for. Embrace the power of gratitude. It was never intended to be a weapon used against you, for it has the ability to transform your life, heal your wounds, 
and illuminate the path ahead of you. Gratitude is not an admonishment because you forgot to be thankful. Gratitude is an invitation to accept comfort while you are on this sacred journey called life, for it is indeed hard, challenging, and worrisome. And sometimes, and someday, and not always, maybe not today, this too shall pass. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening, beautiful soul. You can watch the uncut version of today's episode on my YouTube channel, Spirituality Matters with Rev. Carla. And also you can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok and at my website at revcarla.com. And please check back there often where we are constantly updating new information about my live teachings, my courses, and my memberships. I'm so honored to be in this space with you. Go in peace and be at peace. Go in love and may you be loved. Go and know that others are on this journey with you and you are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are. Blessings on your week. I'll see you soon.